Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. The Alabama Crimson Tide are your 2018 college football national champions. Roll, Tide, Roll. How'd that feel? Felt amazing. Um, it's so surreal right now to even think that we are the national champs. And after all of the games that we watched and all of the games that we recapped, broke down, betted on, it all comes down to the SEC and a five-star freshman quarterback from Hawaii decides the entire college football season. It's unbelievable. It's truly remarkable how an 18-year-old with no game prep, because you have to imagine that he was not knowing he was going in, saved the day for the Crimson Tide. So looking forward to getting into that a little bit. Uh, first, we're going to go ahead and recap our week in the NFL. Yes. It was about 50-50. Uh, the Titans and the Chiefs, the shocker of the weekend for me, the Titans had a huge comeback. They win the game 22-21 and easily cover the nine-point spread. That game was insane. Um, the, the, it really shifted when Alex Smith, I mean, when uh, Travis Kelsey got hurt. The Titans scored the last 19 points, and Mariota screwed me over in FanDuel because everyone who beat me, I had a great lineup. I was playing in a FanDuel for, it was like 500 people, top two places. I, I finished fifth. But they all had Mariota, and he got that pass and catch touchdown. So he got two touchdowns for the price of one. And hard to believe that Kelsey would make that much of a difference. Yeah. When they already had such a big lead, and Alex Smith was playing lights out. They didn't give the ball to Kareem Hunt either. That was another big thing that I noticed. Uh, I don't know what they were doing. I heard that Andrew Reid took over the play calling, and I wasn't liking it. So goodbye to the Chiefs. We'll talk about the Titans coming up here. The surprise of the weekend for me uh, – Personally, because I thought the Rams were going to roll. They were six-point favorites at home. They lose to the Falcons 26-13, to and safe to say uh, that the Cinderella story is over. Yeah. Um, I-, I was afraid that they would come out like that, especially with sitting their starters. And the Falcons are turning up defensively at the right time. They For the last five games, they've been turning up defensively, regardless if the score dictates it. Um, they- they've been playing some great football. So that was a win for you. That was a good call. Uh, a loss for me. I had a lot of faith in the Rams. And also uh, the Titans-Chiefs. That was a loss for both of us. You and I both had the Chiefs minus nine. That hurt. Ouch. Uh, moving on to, okay. I don't know if, I, if I've ever said this publicly, but my friends know this about me. I love defensive football games. <laughs> I love gritty, low-scoring, field-position battle, chess-match football games. I was in heaven when the Buffalo Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars went toe-to-toe. You were like the complete opposite of all of my friends who, in our group chat, they're saying, my God, this game's going punt, 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 punt. Honestly, I I could care less. I don't care if it's defensive or scoring as long as I get to watch football. And, I mean, especially in that first half when it was 0-0 for so long, we had no... You know, because for me, like the kickoff kind of resets the game. Yeah. And there's no resets going on, and it's just field position battle. And yeah. You got the play calling. They're, they're trying to get first Definite downs. chess match. I, I mean, I, I was loving it. The Jaguars were nine point favorites. I was confident that the Bills' defense would keep them in that game. Technically, they did. Uh, they lose the game 10 and three. So that was a win for me, uh, a loss for you. You had the Jaguars covering in that one. Definitely upset with the uh, Jacksonville offense, but we'll get into that later. So I have my, my worries, my doubts. I really wanted Peterman just to come in there in the last second, tie the game up. I mean, poor Peterman. I, I saw something about Peterman's Peterman's playoff career is is a fumble, a sack, and an interception. Those are the three plays he played. Poor guy. And then uh, 
the big one, uh, the Panthers at the Saints. The Saints were seven-point favorites. I liked the Panthers plus seven, uh, so that was a win for me. A loss for uh, me. The, and a loss for you. It was a close game. Saints win 31-26. You almost had the cover there, but Newton made a late push there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and uh, to be honest, I needed that late push by Newton because I had another uh, a prop bet with Greg Olson. Um, and that last catch that he made hit my prop bet, and I had a prop bet with um, with Devin Funches at plus three point five, plus three point five catches. And that last catch on that last drive got me over on that, so that was a good fifty, sixty bucks that I won on there. Uh, so, do you remember last week when I said that the Rose Bowl was a top ten all time college football game? Yeah, and I still stand by that. But I will say that on Monday night, I I can't remember ever besides Ohio State, I can't remember ever having so much fun watching a second half yeah. of a football game, Alabama and Georgia. And I want to make clear, no, Brad and I did not win this game because we had Bama covering four and a half points. But you and I were very confident that Bama's defense would come in and show up. And I'm just going to say, I know Tua came, but dude, they, they were the difference the, in that football game. The defense, because, 100%. Yes, because they kept him in the game. They And I was saying to my dad, I go, can you imagine if they would have converted those those um, the third downs for touchdowns instead of for just first downs because we'd have been blown out big time. I'm what's remarkable about this game for me was the defense was playing so dominant, and you know Georgia would move the ball on them, but that happens when you your offense is not on the field. But then the second Tua came in and we could sustain drives, that defense was playing lights out because they were they they had something to play for. They had energy. It was they were so inspired. Oh and my Georgia god! Had no, besides that seventy-five yard touchdown, yeah. which was just their only positive play of the second half. Freaking Tony Brown getting Honestly. burned all the time, but <laughs> yeah, after he had the pick in, in yeah. the first quarter, but yeah. yeah, he he didn't have a good rest of the game, but. It was the Alabama defense that allowed Tua to make those plays. Yes. To give him the confidence that his defense was going to make the stops. He knew he could make some mistakes, and he was just slinging it out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in his first, in the first drive, he went five for, well, the second drive because he went three and out in the first drive, but he went five for six in a touchdown, which, and let's throw the, the big time scramble in there that set it all up. One thing that I really wanted to give credit to the defense for was. When Tua made that bad throw and he threw an interception, the defense held and got another interception of their own. That was key. Because if Georgia goes down and scores on that possession, it might be a whole different ballgame and we might be saying Georgia's the national champs. And it was important for the team, but more important for Tua's confidence. I mean, he, he ends up throwing three touchdowns. Yeah. He had more completions on his second drive than Hurts had the entire first half. More and yards. More yards. And and I know you had mentioned a part of that was the play calling. I feel like the play calling really wasn't in Hurts' favor in the first half. Yeah. It was very conservative. Then they just opened the floodgates in the second half. Who knew Bama had so many passing plays in the playbook? I didn't either. I, I was watching this game, and I was like, we have to pass this much? And I love the little, little – I don't even know what kind of play action because it's like a half boot. It's not even like a full boot. It's like he comes play action, just quick turn and, and fire. I love that. And um, I'm excited for the future. Trent Dilfer actually said that he wouldn't be surprised if Tua wins the Heisman next season. Wouldn't surprise me either, especially with how good that defense is and just yeah. how much talent he has around him, how good the coaching is. I said in the room I was watching the game in when when, when they put Tua in, and after the second – or when on the second drive I saw him in the game, that, that's when I knew, okay, Saban's sticking with him. Yeah. If this works, Saban is the greatest college football coach that ever lived. Yes. One of the biggest gambles I've ever seen. It pays off, and Kirby Smart was outcoached 
100%. Because in the post-game press conference, he was trying to play it off like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, we knew that at some point they might take Hurts out. No. That team was not prepared one iona let for me, a new quarterback. Let me tell you. Let me go ahead and, and interrupt here. You're Kirby Smart, one of the best defensive minds in college football. You're in overtime. You're going to run a cover two, a soft cover two, with no press man up top. Yeah, those receivers were getting over the safeties. When I saw when I saw this play, so we got Devontae Smith, um, Smith go. It's not even press coverage. So all he had to do was get inside position, and then now it's safeties playing. It's four vert. What is the safety going to do with? You can at least bump two receivers. That way, it's four vert, and then two of the receivers are still behind because they got pressed. No, he got a free release, got to get inside. And then the way Tua analyzed that play, Tua said that he looked the safety inside, he knew he was going to be open because they were playing soft, and he got on the inside of the other guy. And at the end of the day, you know, I I like that that he said that because it kind of made me see how, really how basic of a read that was. Yeah. And he just, he just went in and played his game. Yeah, he did. He, what I love is he did what he needed to do, and he did what he knew. He didn't do anything over the top. He didn't – maybe that pass to Calvin Ridley in his own might have been a little a little brave. But everything, every throw he made was a great throw on time. And me and my dad were talking about it. Robert Foster caught a ball. You know the quarterback's playing good when they when Robert Foster's catching it. <laughs> and this is why I love college football because you just never know what's, what you're going to get when you put these 18-year-old five-star blue chips yeah. into an environment like this. And just to watch the talent play out on the field at different times and different moments, this was a perfect way for me to end the season. It was I, I had never felt so many emotions in one football game. I can't think of back of a time when I, when maybe the the biggest swing of emotions might have been the kick six, but that was the other way. This one was my my dad saying, "I'm gonna burn my jersey if we lose." I'm saying, "Ask my dad, are we really gonna put Tua in?" And I go, "Oh my god, we put Tua in." I'm kind of excited, but I'm nervous. Then Tua went three and out, and I go, holy shit, we put Tua in. And then he scores, and I go, oh, my God, we have Tua in. And then we score a touchdown to win it all, and I go, we are national champs with Tua. And the best thing about that whole situation was every single drive, Jalen Hurts was there giving Tua a hug or a high five. The first person Jalen Hurts went to go find was Tua. He handled it really well, and uh, I'll, I'll look forward to see where his career goes from here. I remember you texted me at halftime, is it Tua time? And I said to my friends, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> I, I knew I it had to be time. Jalen Hurts, and, 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 um, Jalen Hurts had under 30 yards throwing in the whole first half. Yeah. Part of that is play calling, and I'm still going to stick by that. But Jalen Hurts might not have that killer mentality when it comes time to put the nail in the coffin. He didn't have the X factor, and Saban was bold and confident enough to make that move. And I know Saban was saying, too, he probably told his wife. He probably knew if... Jalen Hurts was not performing. He said, this boy is not going to lose me back-to-back national championships. So he, he, he made a, a heck of a call. They're saying that uh, Brian Dabble might be going to the NFL after that great game that he called. I don't think he called the greatest of games because if you call a great game, you're not going to get shut out in the first half. But that's another story. But it was a hell of a second half. Uh, I know we're going to get into our top tens uh, in a couple weeks, but Bama's got to be number one, right? They, they got to be easy number one. I mean – the biggest returning player in my mind is going to be Damian Harris. Damian Harris, a thousand yard runner in that backfield, but you're also sprinkling in Brian Robinson, who didn't play that much. Najee Harris, who looked great. It's a crowded backfield, but it's a promising backfield, which 
It's going to help Tua because he's not going to have to make the unhuman throws. He's going to have a backfield that's going to be able to march the ball down the field and make him be relaxed. So are you aware that we only have seven football games left? It's kind of kind of sad, but I mean, I'm already looking forward to when we go to break down the best odds uh, to go number one in the draft, um, our favorite draft picks, draft order, coaches who are on the hot seat. We have the two early top ten coming up. We have football to talk about. Plenty to talk about in the offseason. Uh, and the best part is we get to see how the NFL season shakes up now. Yeah. All the storylines and all the games that we've been keeping track of this year, and it really comes down to some key matchups uh, starting on Saturday. We are going to go ahead and start with the Atlanta Falcons at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Falcons are three-point favorites on the road. The Eagles are the first number one seed in NFL history. In history. To My be an underdog God. in this round. When I read that, I go, this can't be right. This can't be right. But then I think back and I go, the way the Falcons are playing and the way the Eagles ended the season, you can only rely on your defense so much. And and I wanna I was comparing this to um the Peyton Man Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos when Peyton Manning was struggling. The Denver Broncos were number one in total defense, they were number one in total takeaways, and number one in rush defense. That's not the Eagles. They have great defense, but that is not the Eagles. And not to mention, Peyton, it was Peyton Manning. Oh, and he Peyton didn't Manning. turn the ball over. No, right? he did. Yeah, he didn't exactly have the arm, but he yeah. moved the offense. I think we can both agree, can we not, that this is a very different Eagles team on yes. both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, without Carson Wentz. Yeah, because I mean, if you're not moving the ball, your defense is on the field more. They're more tired. I have Falcons here minus three. I have a score prediction of twenty-eight thirteen. I had a very similar. I have Falcons minus three, 21 13. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing that's keeping the Falcons, I mean, the, uh, the Eagles in the game is that rush defense, only allowing 79 yards per game. Still number one, uh, finished number one in the league, but we're talking about the best rushing combo yeah. in the league. Yeah. Uh, Tevin Coleman and, and Devontae Freeman are, are they're actually healthy too, which is going to be great to watch. And, Matt Ryan, it looks like him and Julio Jones are finally starting to get their chemistry together. Yes. Nine out of ten uh, targets he caught yeah. and a touchdown. Yeah. And you know, the whole country knows, that it's dangerous when these two get hot in the playoffs. I'm, I'm liking Atlanta a lot. They're 4-1 straight up in their last five games. 6-3 and three against the spread in their last nine games. But the only thing I'm afraid of is the Falcons in their last five playoff games, away games, they've only covered in one of them. Okay, so that is concerning, but I think this is a very specific situation. Yes, very. That's why I'm still going with the Falcons. Right. That That's why I am too, and that's why I'm not surprised that they're favored by three. Because we're talking about, I mean, Wentz was on his way to possibly the MVP award. Yeah, and I, I, this would be a totally different discussion if it was Wentz and not Foles. Absolutely. And how about Atlanta's defense? Yeah. Probably the quietest top 10 defense I've ever seen. Atlanta just likes to do things quietly. And I'm telling you right now, watch out. Watch out. They could Falcons win the team. NFC, and I wouldn't be surprised. I do have my money on a different NFC team that is another underdog. But I would not be surprised if they did it. I mean, even this game. Like, you look at the, 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 the Eagles since they've lost Carson Wentz. They're like 1-4 against the spread. They struggled 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 against Oakland Raiders 
they struggled, struggled, struggled against Dallas Cowboys. And I don't care they say they put their, their second string in. They had zero points before they put their second string in. It's not like they scored a couple points and put their second string in Absolutely. and the second string lost the game. They lost the game when the game started. I'll tell you, that Raiders uh, game, they had all their starters in and they yeah. looked awful. looked terrible. When Wentz was the quarterback, Ajayi was averaging about five yards a carry. Yeah. And these these aren't exact stats, but just looking at the box scores. Yeah. And then as soon as Wentz went out, he's down to averaging three yards a carry. Yes. It's that's a huge the difference. Box. Not only is Foles struggling in this offense, but they don't even have an identity right now. An identity or a leader. Wentz was that leader, but you can't be a leader from the sideline. Everyone says you can be the locker room leader. But when it comes down, this we're in the playoffs, Miles. We're not in the regular season. When it comes down to put your boots on and step on that field, you need a leader out there leading your team. And I, and for a second, I thought maybe it might be Jalen Mills, but he's still kind of childish in, the, in his antics, getting personal fouls and stuff like that. They don't have that that solid leader. And I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that the Eagles haven't played a meaningful game in four weeks. Yeah. And the Falcons are coming off a huge road win at L.A. All the momentum. All the momentum, I think that's going to play a, a big factor here, too. I'm putting all my money on the Falcons here. Yeah, so uh, let's move over to the Titans and Patriots. This one was a tough one for me. I have Patriots minus 13.5 question mark because I don't know if I'm 100% certain just off my gut, but looking at the statistics, I have to be sure that I'm going Patriots minus 13.5. Looking at this game, there's two things that I see. First of all, I have a feeling we're going to see the Titans team of the first half. Yeah. Mariota has been terrible on the road this season with 12 picks. New England is so dominant at home in the playoffs. They've won six home playoff games in a row, and they've covered the spread five times. Yep. And we're talking about Tom Brady. It's a big spread, I know. But I, too, am going with the New England Patriots minus 13.5. You know, when I was uh, analyzing this game, one thing stood out for me for the Titans, and then then another thing totally made me cross it out with a pencil. Tennessee is 6-1 and one against the spread in their last seven games, right? That's a great, great stat. And I think the lines have been working against them Yes, now listen, because they've been large. But Listen to these last two. Like these last two. Actually, I'll give you three. Titans are 9-20 and 20 against the spread in the last 29 road games. The Titans, I mean the Patriots... First, the Titans. This is one that really mattered to me. What's the series look like? The Patriots are 7-1 head-to-head. So 7-1 straight up. 6-2 against the spread. I don't give a damn what this spread is. I'm betting the Patriots. I got a big win for the Patriots, 35-17. I, too, have a huge win for the Patriots, 31-14. Our yes. score is looking very similar for these first two games. And after this game, uh, the, the Patriots will take sole possession of the largest point differential in the NFL. They're currently tied with the Eagles at plus 162. That's not going to hold up. No, not at all. I, I think they, they blow them out. I do like um, the Titans rushing the ball for a total of 202 yards last game. And I know the Patriots' offense is not all that great, but I mean defense is not all that great. But the Titans kind of, kind of got that boost by the Chiefs not performing. And there's no way you're going to tell me that Tom Brady is not getting to the AFC Championship. But can we talk about Derrick Henry? Oh, beast! 156 rushing yards. Yeah, my God. Does he have the potential to have another game like that? He does, but I think his opportunities will be limited. He won't have as many opportunities because the Patriots will have the ball longer than the Chiefs did in the second half. Okay. So we think Mariota is going to have to throw the ball a lot. 
Yeah. Because I think if Henry has a day like he did, I think it keeps him in the game. I just don't see that happening, honestly. Because I think the Patriots are going to outmatch them Yeah. that badly. I think the Patriots are an overall better team. Sure, Tennessee might have a better defense. But I just think we, we talk about player to player, minus Derrick Henry to, to whoever ends up starting in the backfield. Um, Lewis, I think player to player, you look at the Titans, their leading receiver is Rashard Matthews. You look at the Patriots, they got Brandon Cooks and Rob Gronkowski. You look at Mariota versus Tom Brady. You look at coaching. You look at any position, anything. The Patriots are just a better team. And they're playing at Foxborough. That's huge. It's a complete mismatch. And my guess is the only reason that the spread is only 13 and a half is because it's a playoff game. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd be looking at a 17-point spread. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And- the Pats defense has been dominant in the last five home games. They're allowing under 12 points per game. They're also extremely successful this year against the spread. They've made us some serious money. They're 11-5 and five against the spread this year. I'm loving it. That's impressive. They've made us some serious dough. And um, So are you at all concerned about the struggles Tom Brady has been having? No, I know that uh, a lot of people are saying that, that that's a factor, but we're talking about the greatest that ever played the game here. Yeah, yeah, it's the He's playoffs. He's going to come in prepared. It's the playoffs. It's so the playoffs. I, I He's that. at home, and it's against an inferior opponent. Yeah. If it was the Chiefs, this would be a different story. Because I, th- I think the Chiefs match up better against them. I, I do too. And I, I just think that see, the Patriots don't need to run the ball. The Chiefs, they need to run the ball to make their offensive work. And the, the Titans still sitting at third in, in rush in rush defense. The Patriots are going to do the dink and dunk BS that they've done since mother time. And, and they're going to annihilate them. Absolutely. I will say that I saw a really good point that basically every single trend in statistic is against Tennessee. But the same thing was said last week. Yeah. And look what happened. But the only trend that was for Tennessee was the scariest trend was the underdog is seven and one against the spread in the last eight mat eight games between the Chiefs and the Titans. And that really worked out for him. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only spread that was in their favor. And I, I was thinking back at it. I was like, God dang, I should have just listened to that. But you can't only go off just one trend. So did you get a score prediction on that one? Yeah, uh, 31-14. I've also okay. got a 17-point win. So wow. It's going to be are. fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we're going to get into the Sunday games. And I struggled with these much more. I think I'm going to surprise some people here with this first one. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Pittsburgh Steelers. That son of a bitch, seven and a half points per. I hate seven and a half points per. It's the worst. (laughs) I stay far away from these. Um, what do you think? I'm gonna surprise people as well. First thing, first two lines. I'm gonna say to you, Jacksonville, four and one against four and one against the spread in the last five games when playing on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jacksonville, 4-1 and one straight up in the last five games of playing on the road versus Pittsburgh. I'm just going to go ahead and call a spade a spade. I'm going Jacksonville plus 7.5. I don't think that Jacksonville is going to win, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than everyone thinks. I am shocked. I've got the Jags plus 7.5 as well. Yeah. I'm on the same page with you here. I, I really thought you were going to go Steelers because I feel like everyone is going Steelers. Well, I no did, one's giving the Jags a chance. I did go Steelers initially. Until I did my homework. And I just can't forgive Ben Roethlisberger throwing five interceptions last game. Let's look at this comparison. When Big Ben played them, he threw five picks and 302 yards. Blake Bortles only threw for 95 yards, but they still won by 21 points. It's because of that defense. 
there's a lot to talk about here, and I wanted I wanted to start with that week five game because I because that is I I really set that aside. I I just think it was so early in the season. Oh yeah, Big Ben was on the verge of retiring, questioning his abilities to throw the football. We know how good the Jacksonville defense is. Yes, but this is Pittsburgh at home in the playoffs. Their defense ranks top five. So what is Bortles going to do? I think my biggest thing here is with this game, the Steelers can easily cover if they play the right game. Why on earth are you throwing it 45 times on the best pass defense in the league? They have one of the highest turnover margins. Uh, when I, I, I guess you would call it turnover differential because I'm not throwing the offense in there. So just the, the highest turnover differential of all teams. Why would they throw the ball over 45 times? If they have Le'Veon Bell, they've been a, given a gift from God. But I'm afraid that this will be a lot closer than people think. We're talking about sub-freezing conditions. Yeah. I think we're going to see a very, very low-scoring game. Yep. I think the Jacksonville defense won't score enough points, but they're number two, only giving up 15 points per game. I've got the Steelers winning 17-10. to 10. That's a good score. I, I, I was having some printer problems, so my score prediction actually is not on this. It kind of got cut off. I can't even remember it, but I had a low-scoring game as well. I don't care that the Pittsburgh Steelers are third in total offense. It's gonna be like you said. It's gonna be cold, and I think it's gonna be six mile per hour winds as well. It's not gonna be fun. And I'm gonna give you my favorite stat that makes me confident about this. And I was gonna bring this up with you earlier. I've kind of been starting to not only pay attention to the against the spread numbers, but kind of finding trends within those numbers. Okay. Okay. So this is a really good example for me. Jacksonville is 12 and five against the spread. Their last 17 games against Pittsburgh. What that tells me, because we know Jacksonville has not been a talented team. Yeah. So what that tells me is Vegas sets the spreads very high. Yeah. When when Pittsburgh plays Jacksonville. So, I think this is no different that we're talking about in the playoffs, a seven and a half point spread. And the Jaguars are 12 and five against Pittsburgh in their last 17 games. Yeah. I love it. It's very similar to uh, UCF, how they were covering the spread every single week, but then Vegas started setting their lines at three and four scores and yeah. they couldn't cover they could, the spread. They could, it's impossible. I love that what you said because I was trying to find merit in the first stat that I saw that was that. The Steelers have never not covered in a game, in a divisional game. They're, I mean, in the last five games, they have not. They have never not covered. They're four zero and one. They tie, They pushed one. Wait, so so their last five games divisional in this round? Games. Yes, that's scary. That's scary. But then I look at the the matchups they've had with Jacksonville, and even when Jacksonville's been terrible, Vegas, just like you said, they know something. Right. They know something that we don't know, but we're figuring it out. All right. Well, before we move on, okay. Do you uh, uh, two things I want to touch on? Well, I guess I had a couple. Pittsburgh is one and six in their last six games against the spread, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Antonio Brown is upgraded to probable. You think he gives it a go? Yeah, I I think he's gonna play, but he's not gonna be healthy. I don't think it's even worth him playing. I mean, Juju Smith Smith Schuster is an animal. And honestly, I don't think he has to play because doesn't. Jacksonville doesn't have any offensive firepower. No, you don't need more offense. You just need to not turn the ball over. Do you remember 
earlier, uh, I think it was in the Futures episode, we were talking about big-time quarterbacks in the playoffs. Yeah. And Big Ben is one of those quarterbacks. This is why I'm confident in the fact that they're going to win the game. We're talking about Big Ben, Tom Brady, but against that defense. And, you know, I know I said I didn't want to talk about the Week 5 game, but five picks is kind of hard to, That's harsh. They, that's, to ignore. Ugh. So... I'm confident in this low-scoring matchup, and I can't wait to watch this game in sub-freezing conditions. This is what uh, playoff football is all about for me. This will be exciting. Do you think Mike Mitchell's looking past the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars? Should he be a little focused? Stop talking about playing the Patriots in Haiti. Oh, completely. That's that was just rude. That was dumb. <laughs> we're we're talking about. I mean, the, the, no, the number two defense in the in the league. Yeah, opponents. and the best eight teams in the NFL playing yeah. this weekend. Yeah, you don't look past your opponent, my friend, because they'll be right there and punch you in the face, and you won't even know where it came from. Exactly. Oh, with with the elite quarterback to not elite quarterback discussion continuing, let's move over to the next game. Saints are getting four and a half points versus the Vikings. What are your thoughts? Okay, so the big story here is the Saints number two. Total offense versus the Vikings' number one total defense. And usually in these situations, I like to go with the defense. But we are talking about Drew Brees, who has not been good on the road in his playoff career, against Case Keenum. And I think we're going to see a very similar performance from Keenum that we got from Goff last week. Yeah. that's what we, The Saints have an extremely underrated pass defense. Yes. Full of Buckeyes. Lattimore. Might I add. Lattimore's out there. Oh, my God. Making plays last week. So, this is the best Saints defense that we've seen in a long time. I I think they were ranked uh, 15th in total yards per game, but they usually rank dead last. Yeah. Usually they they just try to outshoot everybody, but their defense is playing inspired. Um, So, I'm assuming you're going Saints plus seven. I've got the Saints... Well, what is it? Four and a half? I mean, four and a half. Well, I'm going to talk about four and a half. My bad. I've got the Saints plus four and a half. The main reason is because I had them in the Super Bowl, and I'm not going to go against my Super Bowl pick this late in the game. Yeah. But the Minnesota trends scare me. But first, I want to hear who you got. I have Saints plus four and a half. I have Saints winning the game. Although every trend is pointing in the direction of Minnesota. It's scary. Uh, I mean... They're nine and two against the spread in their last eleven games. Just look at them playing the Vi- playing the Saints. They're seven and one straight up versus the Saints. But like you said, I have the Saints winning the NFC. I have the Saints winning this game. What does scare me is the same thing that makes me excited. Last game, Kamara and Ingram did not look good. They could not break break away. And that was against the, the Panthers. Great run defense. But they're averaging just under 200 yeah. yards per game together. Let, let me go ahead and let me tell you, this, tell you this. So when they played the Vikings, they were held under 25 yards each. But you know that what? That was in week one, right? Uh, opening season, yep. Yeah. You know what okay. the great thing about this is? The great the, the luxury that the, the Saints were afforded, they got a warm-up. They got to play a great run defense last week. They're prepared. They're ready for a great run defense. We've been talking about how great this the Carolina defense was all year. And yeah. Man, the Saints just looked really good. I think that the bye week is going to work against Minnesota. Yeah. I think the bye weeks are going to work against the less experienced teams. Young quarterbacks. Eagles and Vikings. Yeah. And they're going to work for the big 
quarterbacks, Big Ben and Tom Brady. So I think that's what we're going to see this weekend. And with you, not only do I have the Saints covering, I have them winning the game 24 to 21. But make me feel better about this. The Vikings are so dominant at home, and their defense has been so good. Is this just off of our feeling? Is it just off of the eye test, right? You and I have watched a lot of football. Yeah. You and I both believe in Drew Brees, and we, and, we, and we believe in the Saints. But I also saw the Vikings. I mean, I saw Thielen at one point get 11 catches for 160 yards. I've seen Diggs go off. They've got a good running back tandem. Yeah. Keenum is playing well. But I just you don't make believe you feel in better? it. You would make me feel better. Drew Brees has won a Super Bowl. Case Keenum has never started a playoff game. That's enough for me to to be comfortable. And I mean, the money line for this, I took the money line at 170. Are you kidding me? You're talking about Drew Brees versus Case Keenum. I don't care if it's the number one defense. It's Case Keenum versus Drew Brees, and you're giving me you're giving me plus 170? Yeah, this was my most surprising line of the weekend. Yeah, I, I I have no words. I mean, no words at all that can make me feel more confident about this game. I think it's definitely just the eye test. But sometimes, Miles, we're not in the regular season anymore. We're in the playoffs. And I think that Case Keenum's going to come in with a little nerves. Sam Bradford is activated for this game as well. It could be one of those situations Case Keenum's out there just chucking up ducks, getting picked off. They, the crowd starts training Bradford, and his game just gets out of hand. And I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of that as well. And I think that the main point to drive home here for the betters out there, and when you're looking at this weekend, I'm looking at Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Drew Brees. Yeah. I'm looking at playoff experience at the quarterback position. It's the most important position in the NFL. Yep. That's what I'm going with. There's no way. No one, none of these inexperienced quarterbacks are going to make the Super Bowl. No way. And they're not your typical inexperienced quarterback. Like when Ben Roethlisberger, excuse me, when Ben Roethlisberger made the Super Bowl for the first time, um, it wasn't like he was an afterthought. Everyone knew he was going to be good. Case Keenum was an afterthought who's playing good now. Blake Bortles still doesn't even have job security and he's in the playoffs. I'm taking the experienced quarterbacks every time in these matchups. I completely agree. Let's see what happens. Can I do a little bit better than last week, please? Yeah, uh, I'm looking to do the same. Uh, I miss college football. I miss college I was, football. Um, I was doing pretty well sad. in those bowl games. It's crazy to think that the last game of college football for the season, I lost money. And for you fans out there, I would have won a boatload of money had Georgia won because I took them at the beginning of the year. But... I will pay money for my team to be national champs. And congrats on that. And we, I'm already looking at the, the games we have on Labor Day weekend. My gosh, I cannot wait for that to get here. I think we're just over 200 days away. Yeah, Can't wait for college football to get uh, started back up. But looking forward uh, to uh, the biggest uh, NFL weekend of the year. And we will be down to just three games left after this. Man, it's going to be depressing. But, I mean, there's so much football to talk about. We're going to start getting ready to get you guys a little geared up. And get you a little prep so you know who to bet for March Madness. We can even help you guys with your brackets uh, as the time comes. So there's a lot in the w- in the works that we got going. Yeah. Go ahead and plug that social media. So guys, uh, make make sure you follow us on social media. Like us on Facebook. Uh, you can find our Facebook at Welcome to the House. 
You can find our Twitter at BestTheHouse. And we have a website, www.bestthehouse.com, where you can donate. If you guys want to see us succeed and you guys want us to get new equipment, go ahead and donate. Also, before I forget, I promised that I would give a shout-out to someone who rated our podcast. Love it. And I'm a man of my word, so if you guys just bear me one moment, I'm going to pull up our podcast so I can give you a shout-out. And I, I, I honestly, I think every single person who took the time to rate our podcast because, I mean, it means so much for the development of the, the podcast, development of who we are and how good we get. Uh, and I, I, I am struggling to find all the the um the ratings this is kind of sucky but i can't find one i don't even know where to look this is total noobism how about we do it next week we'll do it next week so guys you know what this is your chance go on rate us subscribe have a great one